Constantinople has fallen, and all across Europe, ancient vampires known as Methuselah rise to claim vast territories as their own. This is the War of Princes, where the political maneuvering of old stand side by side with the armies of ghouls and canines clashing in the night. But vampires are not the only ones making this land their own. In the wild places, the Guru have their cairns. Mages have ancient sites of power for magic. The Shadow Inquisition has risen to eradicate the enemies of God. And the enigmatic Fae have their own plans. Welcome to the Dark Ages. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to episode 8 of season 2 of the World of Dark Ages podcast, looking at the historical side of the World of Darkness. My name's Jacob. And I'm Peter. So, how's you? Well, uh, I'm I'm pretty good. Uh, the dog is saying hi as well. Uh, the, the weather can't seem to decide if it's going to be spring or not, uh, and someone stole an hour from me last night, as... Uh, since at, at the time of recording we just switched to uh, daylight savings time and uh, yeah i can't wait until we get rid of that same here uh, to our american listeners in europe the switch comes a week later if i recall correctly than in america i do believe that a lot of my american friends were talking about the switch uh, a week ago so yeah and it is really really annoying the weather in uh, in denmark is also you know indecisive yesterday at time of recording i could walk around without having a hoodie on under my jacket and the the week that we're getting into right now they've talked about there maybe being snow so Uh. yeah (laughs) danish weather it's weird anyway yeah let's uh let's go back in time because we return from Dark Ages Mage to Vampire with the first of the road books, Road of the Beast, written by Michael Butler and developed by Michael McFarland. Uh, Matthew McFarland, sorry about that. Starting with the cover, I find it pretty meh. It's a reuse from the core book, but it's made in sepia tones rather than black and white. It is a bit bland and boring, and the sort of character on the picture's wielding looks kind of weird, so yeah, it didn't really impress me any. Yeah, the cover... Like you said, it's it's been used before, so which is I, I don't know if it's it's to save money or something that they reused the art, but it's kind of like we we've literally seen this before. Uh, the the sword there is, and I think I mentioned it last time we talked about this picture, but there is at least one find of a single edged Viking sword from Norway, if I remember correctly. But but yeah, it's uh, the the shape of the of the blade in this picture looks more like. I don't know, almost kukri-like, that it's getting wider uh, the further it goes, which isn't what the original looked like. Yeah, it's, it's, it looks more like a, maybe a falchion, but, and also mm. the runes on the blade. Uh, you mentioned that the last time we talked about this picture. It's, it seems quite clear that it's supposed to spell Fenris, but I, I haven't really looked into the runes, but I'm fairly certain that they're not the runes that would match writing that. Um, so it, it, it could be better. Uh, mm. Moving on to the interior art, I'm just going to hand it over to you because I got a feeling you want to talk about the very first picture <laughs> on page four. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, again, if if this would have been a poster for, like, an 80s goth rock band or, or like, a modern-day picture of a vampire, then it would be... It would work really well. But, I don't know, it's it's... Uh, a long-haired dude with uh, an... It, it almost looks like a leather jacket. I don't think it's supposed to be, but it looks like when... And he's having a popped collar and he has a... 
a shirt which shows off way too much cleavage of the time because uh, your your undershirts really didn't open up that far because they didn't need to and then he's wearing some very modern looking pants and uh, and a belt with uh, held in place by uh, the pants is held up by a belt with uh, the pants has belt loops which wasn't really a thing for for many years uh, so yeah that's if if this is the road of the beast personified that says quite a lot about the road of beasts let's put it that way <laughs> Yeah. Uh, as for the rest of the art, we get some good pictures as some, and some really goofy pictures, like yeah. the map eater on page fifty-six or the wild hunt or whatever on page seventy-eight. The character pictures for the paths and sample characters are pretty good, though. I have no idea what the hell kind of weapon the guy in the manowar boots on page seventy is supposed to be holding. Yeah, uh, I, I think I met that guy at a fantasy LARP once, actually. But uh, <laughs> it's. Yeah, that's that's just really weird. Uh, also, on page sixty-eight, you have uh, an illustration of a path of the hunter, and I I think the bow is actually held the wrong way around uh, because it's not flexing properly, and and like when when you when you pull a bow. It's not only the string that is supposed to be be pulled. You also pull the limbs of the bow because that's where you get the actual power to uh, uh, to to throw the the arrow, the, the projectile. And if you look at it, it's just it's it's on full draw, but the limbs of the bow hasn't really moved at all. Yeah, uh, exactly. I think they're going for some kind of recurve bow. Yeah, but you're right. The limbs aren't really working. Yeah, and and it seems. And I've I've heard that like in in the nineties and early two thousands, uh, there was a Swedish role playing company that, when they needed artwork, they would get like their younger siblings or the nephews or and nieces or whatever, and kind of pose with their toy ve- weapons just to get like uh, something to sketch from, uh, and and so you can see there is there is one. Uh, there is a sword in in a Swedish fantasy role playing book that you can really tell is from a particular line of toys, uh, and I, I'm I'm wondering if if they haven't done the same with this picture that that they used the toy bow and actually accidentally strung it backwards and that just had someone pose with it. It it is a possibility, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a good picture. Um, no, uh, we also have a visored helmet in in one picture. That's at least one hundred and fifty years out of date. And while the warden on page ninety has a very accurate helmet, uh, his plate is about a hundred years too early, and he's got a center grip on his heater shield, which is incorrect because heater shields were always strapped to the arm. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, uh, as, as always, there's a few misses when it comes to the accuracy of, of weapons and armor, and a serious miss with that guy on page four when it comes to, to clothing. The first time I saw that picture, I, I just laughed, and I thought, okay, Peter's going to have a field day. Yeah, with one. yeah, it's it's really ridiculous. Or, or again, the the quality of the picture is, isn't is that bad, yeah. actually. It's it's a very much like early 2000s gothic, uh, huge fang long hair uh, hairy chest because that's that's what all the cool goth kids looks like, uh, but <laughs> but again it's it's for completely the completely wrong game. Just throw it into I don't know the clan book to Riador for Vampire the Masquerade and it, it and it would have been a perfect fit. 
So we start with an intro story, and you all know my attitude towards them. This one sets up the framing device for the first chapters, and while not uh, bad, I thought that it had some pretty clumsy storytelling in it. Yeah, uh, I I agree, uh, and and in general, I think there's uh, too much of the in-character stories, and uh, and and they really didn't intrigue me that much. What, what's your thought on things? No, it's it just isn't it didn't really capture my imagination uh, all that much. I think when you have a framing device where it becomes an in-character uh, explanation, it has to tell a compelling story. I know why they're doing it. It's because they the way that they uh, they do it with the in-character um, explanation of things means that there's very little where you can say, well, this is how it objectively is, and that allows yeah. you to go out and say, ah, well, the information we've gotten here is in character, so in reality, things are different, or other people might think differently. But at the same time, I mean, we're all grown, experienced uh, players and, and storytellers. You can change things if you want to. So it, it has to be a well-written framing device. And yeah, it, I think they missed a couple of uh, of steps here in, in really making it engaging for the for the audience yeah i i agree with that uh so chapter one is as mentioned in character with a framing device this one being of a neonate tremere soldier coming upon a gangrel follower of the road of the beast and being fascinated by the tenants of the path as in character explanations go i i kind of liked it that you know we we get it from this point of of view but it really got too convoluted in my opinion with oh we've got someone captured by the uh, inquisition and oh now we're traveling around and everything it just yeah too yeah. too many moving parts that that were hard to to follow yeah it's it's a bit messy in general uh, and it, yeah it, it's 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 not necessarily hard to follow because the the actual story is quite simple but it's it's all over the place so it's it's kind of like if you put on a dvd uh, for a movie or a TV series, and 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 the chapters are are shuffled around. So you like, if you've seen all of it or read all of it, then you can kind of figure out afterwards what what happened. But when you're reading it, it's it's just a mess. It does, you know, give a, a good introduction to what the Road of the Beast is is all about. Mm. And in the beginning, there is an excellent take on the Cainite mythology that Cain stole a small small part of God's power and that's why God cursed Cain rather than killing him because killing him would have destroyed a part of God's power and yeah. I really like that approach to Cain I, I'll have to use that at some point because that's more interesting than God just going you know I don't like you so I'm going to curse you to live forever yeah. this um, this has uh, some some really interesting possibilities and also bonus points for having inquisitors as monks and friars because as, as this time the vast majority of inquisitors were monks or friars you didn't have like specialized inquisitors or priests or bishops being inquisitors they were they were taken yeah. from the the monastic and uh, uh, mendicant orders so that's that's nice nice but slight minus points for having a character commit something to paper europe did yeah. have low quality paper at this time yeah. but an inquisitor writing a report would do it on parchment not uh, yeah, not paper yeah, exactly yeah i i do like the the kind of twist on on the whole cain and abel story uh we have to remember of course that that cain was uh, literally the first vegan uh, <laughs> and 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 then he just kept on never mentioning it to anyone ever again. But yeah, th there is um, 
you do have some interesting points or or interesting uh, pieces of of not necessarily information but kind of lore in this. One thing when I read this though that really annoys me though is that the when they mention the different um, the different roads and and what their things are so to speak, uh, and and then they come to the road of of nomads, um, and they talk about. Um, the path of the noban places less emphasis on mastering the beast and more emphasis on rejecting the decadence of civilization. A number of Northmen raiding into the peninsula, uh, and they talk, and the peninsula that they talk about is um, uh, the Iberian Peninsula, uh, right. and and I don't know if, like, if I should feel offended. No, I'm not going to feel offended. But but like. The the those raiding Northmen were pretty damn civilized because it's it's not like they were roving tribes of of seafaring Vikings just going around and because it's the Vikings that they're talking about if that wasn't obvious but <laughs> like the, the Vikings had their their own um, alphabet they they had um, uh, they had language they had songs they had mythology they had. Uh, literature, religion. They built places. They built temples. They built cities. They they built forts. And if that isn't civilization, I don't really know what is. So yeah, so the also whole the whole yeah. I think we're gonna say the, the same. So you do it. Yeah. Yeah, the whole rejecting the decadence of civilization. I mean, mm. the 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 Norse they were they were totally into uh, having wealth and. <clears throat> you know, uh, luxury and everything. They they didn't have any objection to civilization, and they weren't like, "Ooh, civilization makes you soft and everything." They were like, "Living in a monastery makes you soft enough that we can come and steal your stuff." Yeah, exactly. And and when it, especially when it comes to decadence, the uh, the the Viking version of heaven was literally a place where you just ate and drank and fought. And probably fucked as well. Uh, so, so it's not like they were like, no, we we're gonna have to reject the decadence of, of civilization. No, they didn't. Uh, but yeah, there, there was just a, a small uh, <laughs> small tangent <laughs> that that I wanted to mention. And one one thing, it's very clear in this chapter, but it appears in in the intro story and in the next chapter. Everything that's in character, they really really skip over the troubles of traveling when you are not a gangrel with three dots of protein. Yeah, because yeah. obviously, when you can sleep in the soil, then traveling is not a problem. But they, a part of these stories is groups of followers of the beast traveling. And some of them are quite clearly not gangrel. I mean, one of the main characters in all of this is a Bruja. And they can't all have learned protein three. So one thing that would have been really to emphasize the troubles that vampires have with traveling uh we've talked about this before i mm. i'm fairly certain we're going to be uh, talking about it again but you can't just you know find a roadside in you can't just pop by the nearest monastery and say oh can i stay there there are trouble here and that's that's something i think was a really missed opportunity to talk yeah. about the problems that you encounter yeah here. It, it, it would have been cool to have like because there there are some ways like if you have dominate you can just tell a farmer that don't open the the don't go into the barn until uh, sunset tomorrow or whatever and you can just sleep in some hay or something or or th there are solutions but 
we we very seldom get those solutions presented to us. They're just assumed. What, what I did like, I think it's in this section that when they talk about the difference, uh, the different roads and, and the difference, then, and they talk about the Grey Hunters, which is basically the, the city living uh, beast, road of beasts uh, followers. Yeah. Uh, and they talk about hunting and that hunting isn't necessarily just chasing a... a a person or an animal through the woods but it could also be the kind of social hunting basically seducing people so I th- it's a it's an interesting kind of twist on, on what the word hunting means uh, but another thing that kind of annoyed me is that there's a lot of correspondence going around uh, going on in this chapter between not and and, and like literal correspondent correspondence people writing letters uh, between each other uh, and I'm I'm just wondering how many of of these characters could actually read and write, and and how do they send letters? Because it's like, at one point there's a character in the middle of of like a gathering, and and like yeah, we just just received news or a letter from this and this, and like, is there a postal service going on? In how how do you get a letter into the middle of the wilderness of Lithuania delivered to? A random person in that wilderness. Uh, so, and and again, that's something they could easily have solved if they, like, uh, let animals uh, send animal messengers or or dominate a uh, a peasant to just uh, run all the way and then die of exhaustion or whatever. Uh, but the the idea that people, that ordinary people, especially the ones that are supposed to kind of shun civilization and and um, and, and modern stuff that they would be able to just be pen pals is kind of absurd in my opinion yeah uh, sounded like podcast doggo might have had some input mm. but unfortunately we lack the first thought of uh, of animalism so we can't really understand what was being said yeah yeah so um chapter two goes into more depth in presenting the road of the beast including the classics of relationships with other road what clans follows the roads etc etc uh, this is presented with the framing device of being the writings of a scholarly follower of the road and i think this works uh, okay it's it's a different take on it and it helps to show that you don't have to be like completely animalistic and mm. everything civilization is bad just because you follow the road so that at least is, is something interesting so one thing I really liked about this chapter were the holy sites because I always love to have mystical sites that characters can visit. However, I do have to talk a little about the site called the Ruins of Björn's Longhouse. Mm. According to the text, it is on a small outcropping overlooking the fjords of Denmark. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering what kind of outcropping and where it's supposed to be located. We don't have bedrock in Denmark and there's no way to- nowhere in Denmark that's tall enough that you can see more than one fjord. So I'm like, where yeah. in Denmark is this? I'm I'm you, guessing. Yeah, do you have more than one fjord? I know about the. the oh yeah, one. we've we we have we have plenty, and I'm, th- but the they're they're spaced out, and I'm yeah. I'm thinking if it's if it's supposed to be high up and there's a fjord, then then it's probably near the modern city of Vejle where I uh, lived when I was a kid. Um, but anyway, they they also give him the name Bjorn Svensson. But since they used the Ø for his first na- name, they also should have used it for his second name and made him Svensson. Just, just yeah, these are minor things. But <laughs> being Danish and you know they're talking about stuff in Denmark, I, I kind of had to comment on it. Yeah, 
Uh, speaking of holy sites, I, I just uh, remember that I forgot to mention uh, that after the last episode or the episode when we talked about holy sites uh, in in the mage uh, game, uh, we uh, uh, it was pointed out to me that that we forgot a really cool site that is is now in southern Sweden, but back in the days um, was in uh, in Denmark. So we're both kind of responsible, and that's the. Uh, the stones of Ale or or uh, Ale's stones, which is a a stone ship on the very tip of um, uh, of uh, uh, Österlen uh, in Skåne, uh, southern not not the most southern part of of uh, Sweden, but it's it's really cool, and that's actually uh, on um, uh, on on uh, um, a cliff looking over the sea, so so maybe they confused Bjorn's house with with all the stones or something. Uh, yeah, but, possibly. Uh, it's it's a really cool because it's uh, we we don't really know what it was for. If it was a grave monument monument or a cult century, but it, there's also a theory that it's a sun calendar, uh, which is kind ah. of cool, and it's. Um, uh, it's 59 boulders uh, in in a kind of oval vi- um, Viking ship shape, or not Viking, but but kind of like a yeah. ship shape, uh, and and there the the stones weigh up to five tons each, uh, and and they're at least 1500 years old. So, uh, and if if even yeah, let me see, uh, yeah, there they haven't really been able to determine because they have found uh, some. Uh, some remnants that are or, or could be uh, from a later period than the actual stones, uh, but they're they're old. Uh, mm. with, and and again, a cool place if you wanted to go, um, if you wanted a, um, a holy site or or a magical site in a mage setting. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Back, back to the book that we're actually talking about. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I have to commend them for not going completely Viking crazy in this chapter because mm. it's it's. It would have been a way you could have gone when you're talking about the, the Road of the Beast and the marvels of barbarism and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, and, you know, I really like the the path you've already mentioned, Path of the Grey Hunter, which I think is an awesome addition to the Road of the Beast, this sort of hunting in civilized lands because you're hunting where, uh, where the prey is. But I will say, honestly, getting through this chapter was a bit of a chore. I don't think roads are interesting enough that that you can build a whole book around it. I think this chapter, it really struggled to fill out all its word counts. So some of it was, it felt really fillerish. Um, and one last note, the text talks about finding a famous follower of the road, Arnulf, uh, in Hungary or Transylvania, mm. which is like saying finding him in England or Essex or finding him in the US or Texas, because at this point, Transylvania is part of Hungary. Yeah. So, but but what did you think of this this chapter? You've already said some things, but yeah, I, I I I kind of agree that there's in in general, and we mentioned this before when we we're talking about roads in general, is that I'm I don't really think that there's enough variance between the different, or it, it's not enough to fill a, a, a whole book. Uh, about just the road of beasts, uh, and I'm not sure that I that the that <laughs> the, the roads are different enough. But yeah, I I think that the 
the roads themselves are interesting and you can probably do a lot of, of role playing and, and storytelling and, and world building and, and plot devices with them. But I don't think that the the paths, at least not in, in Road of the Beasts, are that different enough that they warrant their own like sub-religions, if that's what we want to call them. I, I think you could you could have them all as just uh, road of the beast and and then just have it be different kind of different interpretations but they're still kind of like yeah we're, we're all we're, we're protestants but we we kind of do things differently but we're still all just protestants and and because the similarities are uh, are, are way more common or or overwhelming than the differences is uh, and and when it comes to the hierarchy of sins, for example, like instead of having ten specific uh, hierarchy of of sins, uh, there has to be ten specific things, one for each level. Uh, can't you just have a few examples for for each like uh, for each level of of the paths instead? So because I I've always always found it's kind of like. I don't know, almost, almost um, how do you say it? Like, like almost forced that that they, mm. they are so specific. And I, I, for me, it would make more sense because, like, how do you interpret? Like, one one of the um, of, of the uh, points on on I think of a few of them is like, uh, don't torture uh, pointlessly or for fun or something like that or uh, ruthlessly. Like, what is ruthless torture and and like if I have a and what is torture even is is a, a cat playing with the, their prey is is that torture or is that just mm, the cat yeah. uh, owning his honing his skills? Uh, so I, I think it would be more interesting and more playable that that you have a few examples like on level ten. These are the general types of things that you shouldn't be doing if you're a follower of this path, and that makes it easier for the the storyteller and the player like yeah okay you did something like this you didn't do this exact specific thing that is on road or, or path of the nomads but you did something similar and and so it's i don't know i i would have loved to see them just clump all of these together and and have them be more philosophical differences than mechanical differences because it, it it's not enough to make them four distinct philosophies mm, yeah so moving on to chapter three this is systems and advice and i love the first line under advice for playing a feral which is you are not an animal i feel mm. that this should also be the first line of advice for playing a gangle because i've seen it yeah. a bit too many times that oh i am i am an animalistic vampire and nah, come on mm. <laughs> you are you are you were born a human you lived as a human yes now you're a, a gangrel vampire but you are not an animal and i think this is pretty good advice and really the heart of the book in fact they could have boiled the rest of the book down to the same number of pages as chapter three and then combined the two into a chapter in just one book about roads covering all the different roads and i yeah. i would have been happy yeah uh one of my, but i mean we've already touched upon the various path variations and i think you're right in that they're not dissimilar enough to be separate philosophies but i really think that the path of the gray hunter is a great addition because it i think it it takes away from the stereotypicalness 
of the road of the beast by showing well here you have someone who realizes that uh, it's a lot easier for a fox to hunt in a chicken coop than it is for a fox to hunt in the middle of a forest so the fox should ensure more chicken coops are built yeah and i will say that none of the paths feels like the path of what i was going to do anyway so at least there's something good here we end the chapter with some combi disciplines some merits and flaws some artifacts and some holy texts uh, the combo disciplines didn't do much for me, but I like most of the merits and flaws. I especially like the flaw where you refuse to drink blood from a vessel that you haven't hunted yourself, because I think that's very thematic. Uh, and obviously, I always love things like artifacts and, and texts. Uh, but is there anything here you want to single out? Yeah, no, no, I, I like that flaw as well. Uh, when it comes to, to disciplines, though, we have one that is called Test the Road, and it's a combination of Animalism 3 and Auspex 2. And basically what it does is... Um, is that it allows you it's it's a kind of a mind reading thing that you can you can see if um someone as they talk about it as as the stranger uh, if if they're depending on how many successes you get on your role if the the stranger is hostile to the road of the beast or if it, they're interested in road of the beast and uh, and so on and so on and i'm just thinking like do you really need a such a it's not a very strong or or a high level combination power but like, can't you just do that with Auspex 2 or role-playing that you kind of ask the person questions and see what they figure out? I, I, really, yeah. see no, I really see no point in, in why, they, um, uh, why, why they would, like, need to, uh, to, to uh, have it a, a, a discipline at all. Like, it, I see no point or use for it whatsoever that you can't solve with role-playing or just other basic disciplines. Yeah. Chapter 4, Savages, has some templates and some notable followers of the Road of the Beast. Are there anyone here that, that jumped out to you? Uh, not really. The, the The artwork is uh, kind of fantasy, more, more fantasy than, than uh, anything else. Uh, but... No, I I don't know. I I'm was kind of interested in uh, in the lore keeper uh, again because it's kind of the ju juxtaposition be between kind of in the same way that you mentioned with the gray hunters that uh, that you combined uh, civilization or or uh, in this case um, intellectualism with um, bestiality and and feralism in, in that. Well, just because, and it also kind of goes back to to what we talked about about the so-called uncivilized Northmen in, in in that that, well, you you still like especially if the roads and paths are supposed to be some kind of religion or philosophy, then you kind of need someone to to keep that and pass it on, and and you need an expert to ask like what really did the first. Uh, feral say to the second one and and how like how are we supposed to do this and what is right and wrong so so i think it's uh, it's an interesting concept um that that you can play around with uh but except for that the the rest of them are are kind of i don't know obvious is is perhaps the word i'm looking for you have the kind of the diablerist who's just looking to to kill as many other vampires as possible and you have the a, a ravager who wants to hunt and kill and and so on so 
yeah, I think they they struggled to make characters that that made you really go, oh, this is this is really interesting. Except I agree with the whole lawkeeper thing, and and <clears throat> like you mentioned, the lawkeepers they tie into the traditions and culture of peoples that didn't have or didn't use very much a written language. So you have the oral traditions, you have the the songs and the sagas and everything. And I think that is that's that's an interesting interesting take on it. So I think it's time to judge this book. Historically speaking, there isn't much, uh, but I do think they do a good job of, of tying the road into current affairs. They do mention from time to time how the road interacts with things like the Reconquista in um, Iberia and, and all that sort of thing. As a gaming book, I have to admit, I struggle to get through it. I just don't think that the roads warrant a book each. I don't think that there's enough material. I would have preferred if they just published one big ro book of roads collecting information about each of them in a book maybe the size of dark ages europe because as i mentioned before i think in some of the chapters they really stretch it out in order yeah. to uh, to fill it so i think they, they could have uh, taken it down uh, in in size and also if you look at the length of this episode obviously i haven't edited it yet but i'm willing to bet this is going to be probably our shortest episode and that just goes to show there yeah. isn't really that much to say about it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, when, it, when it comes to um, historical things in this book, just, just mentioning that uh, there is... I think she was supposed to be a follower of Bjorn or, or Arnold for one of the other, like... Uh, Bjorn, yeah. Yeah. And there were, she there, there's a person called Wilhelmina and she's supposed to be... I don't know if she's supposed to be a spe specifically a Danish person or, or Norwegian, but Wilhelmina is very much a Germanic name. And yeah. and you would, or it's not impossible, but at the time I would find it very strange if if a Viking, especially someone who's supposed to be traditionalist and, and so if they would have named a daughter uh, a Germanic and Christian name. Um, but yeah, like, like you say, in general, with from from like a gaming book perspective, um, first of all, I think there are, it's too much of the in-character um, stuff, uh, and I think that's some of the reason why they used it, and some of the reason why the in-character stuff isn't that bad is is because it's often used as padding, uh, so. And and if you have to pad, and you know this as uh, as a writer that if <laughs> if you need to like, and anyone who has ever written an essay, uh, like if you need to pad your stuff, not all of it is going to be good. Um, and I completely agree that you could really boil down like I mentioned road of 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 sins and the hierarchy of sins. Like can't can't all the clans have the same? But you have more examples, um, and either that they do. Um, like you mentioned, just a huge book of roads, or you could have like they had with the high clans and the low clans, uh, or or with the Libellus Sanguinis books that you have like a few that are similar uh, or dissimilar if you want to do it that way, and just group them all together uh, because I, I really don't think there's there's enough of it, uh, and there there is also some kind of weird things in that when they talk about the clans and how the different clans feel about the road of the beast they mentioned Lyannon uh, and I thought we had dropped Lyannon as a clan like in the last or in the first edition of of uh, Vampire Dark Ages so it's like why do they return 
as a clan all of a sudden. So it's, I don't know, it's it's not the best book that White Wolf have ever produced. No, exactly. So that would that would be our judgment here. Next time, we once again move beyond Vampire and take a look at the first half of Dark Ages Inquisitor. Remember, if you want to support the channel, we have a Patreon. And if you have comments, suggestions or critique, you can pop by our Facebook page. And with that, Peter, do you have any last comments before we sign off? Not really. I hope you all actually get a spring and that it doesn't turn back into some kind of weird winter before it turns into a weird spring and then back into winter again just like i yeah i'm I'm wishing for good weather for for everyone <laughs> uh same here and so it is goodbye for me jacob and for me peter farewell and see you next time bye